Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. Dolphins and welcome into the Tuesday, September the 25th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we push the glasses up the nose and look at the advanced metrics from the Dolphins' 28-20 win over the Oakland Raiders. We've got snap counts, pro football focus data, and all the aftermath from that game. Plus, we dive into two storylines. And is there an MVP candidate on this team all of a sudden? All of that and much, much more. But first, I kindly invite you guys to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. Leave us that rating. Leave us that review. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Find my work on various platforms, LockedOnDolphins.com, FanRag Sports. I have been a featured columnist on Palm Beach Post as well as some guest spots on ESPN Radio in South Florida. Follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnFins. And like I said, LockedOnDolphins.com, your number one authority on all things Miami Dolphins football every single day. And last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts, like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast with a loaded schedule of experts every single day. You guys can find that at LockedOnSports.com. And unfortunately, we have more injury news impacting our Miami Dolphins. All right, And as the Mad Dog is wont to do on this show, on this segment, we're talking about the injury report, and it is not good for William Hayes. He tore an ACL on a sack of quarterback Derek Carr on Sunday's game. He will be out for the rest of the season. And Andre Branch suffered a sprained knee, and it sounds like he will miss a few weeks. So the Dolphins' defensive line getting relatively depleted here in just the third week of the season. The Dolphins are probably going to have to elevate somebody from the practice squad and or sign a veteran. Cornelius Washington is out there and available. He spent some time with Chris Kusarek, the Dolphins' defensive line coach, together in Detroit. Kendall Langford is still out there, as is Cameron Malveaux, and of course, the potential practice squad call-up, defensive end, undrafted rookie free agent, Jonathan Woodard, is available. I think something's going to have to happen here shortly with either one, maybe even two guys, because there was such a heavy workload on the Dolphins' defensive line, due in large part to those injuries, as well as Akeem Spence's ejection, and we'll get into that, the snap counts, that is, in the B block of the episode. But let's go ahead and kick things off with the A block and a couple of storylines. That's another Miami Dolphins. And I know I cover storylines on the Monday, Victory Monday podcast, I should say, but I think there's always more that can kind of come out the day after as you have press conferences or new updated information and in regarding injuries. But this week, because of the late nature of the Patriots game, is the fact that Miami travels to Foxborough on Sunday for what could be the biggest opportunity this team has had in 10 years. And I want to talk about that game off the start here because, number one, I talked about the Dolphins' defensive line snap counts being really increased on Sunday because of certain circumstances. I don't think that bodes well in this game. I don't love the fact that we had Vincent Taylor, Jordan Phillips, Cameron Wake all getting up over 40 snaps in this game. It's going to be something the Patriots are going to have to take advantage of in the running game as well as passing to the running backs because right now they are completely unable to separate on the edge with this ragtag group of receivers. And Philip Dorsett was one of three wide receivers active in that game last night and he got injured and it didn't look too good. I don't have an update, but if he misses the game, I don't know what they're going to do out there. 
The Lions doubled team Rob Gronkowski all night long. I think Miami would be wise to do the exact same thing and let their cornerbacks play man up across the board because you don't play zone against Tom Brady. But right now, the Patriots' offense is reeling. Their defense is absolutely reeling. Trey Flowers and Patrick Chung both missed the game. Those are two of their best players. And the reason I wanted to bring this game up to begin with is what a win would mean in terms of that possible changing of the guard. And I talked about an opportunity because I don't want to place too much emphasis on one game. If the Dolphins lose this game, things are far from over for them in 2018. But if they win, if they win this game, there's a potential for a New England Patriots sweep because we all know how the Patriots fare when they come south to Miami to play the Dolphins. If the Dolphins get that sweep, and I know I'm going way out ahead of myself here, but if they get that sweep... They are 5-0, Patriots are 1-4, with 11 games left to play. So four games behind in the standings and a head-to-head sweep would give the Dolphins a five-game advantage with 11 other games to play. I don't know if anybody could overcome that in the National Football League. And the reason I talk about the Dolphins beating the Patriots in New England with a relative sense of certainty is because if Miami does it in Foxborough and continues to play this way, and we know that Ryan Tannehill hasn't lost against New England at Hard Rock Stadium since 2012, his rookie season, you think they'll go into that game as favorites. So... If they get this win this week, it puts them in a spot to possibly sweep the Patriots. And if they did that, I'd be, I don't really see a scenario where they don't win the AFC East. So a possibly huge game, a game that takes your expectations from playoffs or wild card to now it's okay to think about winning the division, getting a first round by thinking about going to the Super Bowl. All of that is ahead of the Dolphins. If they take care of business this Sunday, that's why it's a key headline. And the second story here on the podcast, since one of two, is the way the Dolphins have replaced their quote-unquote stars. The impact of Ndamukong Sue leaving the game or leaving the team and elevating Vincent Taylor and Devon Godshaw, who have both just flashed outstandingly so far in their sophomore years. We'll talk about their key data and PFF grades on the second segment here. Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant replacing Jarvis Landry. Those guys are one and two respectively in yards per route run, according to Pro Football Focus. And Dan Kilgore has allowed one pressure on his quarterback all season long, replacing Mike Pouncey. Now he's not a good run blocker, but he got it done or is getting it done in the pass protection game. And speaking of team stats, let's go ahead and bring up some of these numbers from this game and where the Dolphins are on the season. The offense currently at 25 points per game is 11th best in the NFL. The Dolphins defense is 6th in scoring defense at 17.3 points per game. And opposing quarterbacks still have the worst passer rating when dealing with the Miami Dolphins pass defense. That is 65.5 tops in the National Football League. Dolphins takeaway game, strong. They have 8. That is tied for 2nd in the NFL. And without Ndamukong Sue, they are allowing just 3.34 yards per carry. That ranks 3rd in all of football. And they have the 2nd fewest 10 plus yard runs against with just four coming against that defense they have scored 31 points in the fourth quarter that ranks second in all of football they have gained 6.3 yards per play on offense that is sixth in the nfl and they have a two-game lead in the afc east their largest margin atop the afc east since the 2001 season They have been absolutely remarkable to start this season, and we have much, much more for you guys to come on the podcast from the analytics side of the Dolphins' 28-20 victory over the Oakland Raiders. And these numbers give you a look into why Miami is winning the games, and you can take advantage of this knowledge with my bookie. And sure, I'm 3-0 picking Dolphins games this year, both straight up and against the spread. And maybe my college picks are coming around. But what I can tell you above all is that if you want to bet on some sports, you got to check out my bookie because it's not about who you're betting on. It's who you're betting with. And that's why I always tell people to bet 
with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they're the best bet you'll make this entire season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me, and that's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie where you win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. And if you're willing to deposit your money after 7 p.m. because my bookie is so slammed with new bettors and wants to give everyone the best possible service, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar when you enter promo code Locked On. That's one word, Locked On, to activate that offer. Visit MyBookie online today, that's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, and don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. And if you're willing to hold out until after 7 p.m. Eastern, you can get an extra $25 free by using promo code LOCKEDON25, all one word, LOCKEDON25. Join MyBookie today, where you play, you win, you get paid. Always fun rolling into a new segment on the podcast when you have stats to talk about that are beneficial or favorable to your favorite team, to your Miami Dolphins. I am Travis Wingful with you guys here as always at Wingful NFL on Twitter. And let's go ahead and just run down this game from a numbers perspective and start with the snap counts. We'll do the offensive side first. The offense only took 44 snaps on Sunday. Time of possession was definitely in the Raiders' favor. Of the Dolphins' offensive players that played all 44 snaps, Ryan Tannehill and the entire offensive line, that's the third straight game the O-line has played every snap together. The running back split, Kenyon Drake got 29 compared to Frank Gore 16. That's a 65-35 split. The wide receiver discrepancy here is where I really have an issue. Kenny Stills, 40 snaps. Danny Amendola, 31 snaps. Devontae Parker, 33 snaps. That's 90%, 70%, and 75% respectively. And then you have Albert Wilson with 10 and Jakeem Grant with 9, right around 20% each. That has to change. That's Those are the best receivers on the team besides Kenny Stills. They have to replace Amendola and Parker ASAP. Tight ends, Mike Kosicki led the way with 28. That's 63%. And A.J. Derby had 14. And Durham Smythe had 9. I tweeted last week that Laramie Tunzel and Jawan James were a top five offensive tackle combination in the NFL, and Laramie Tunzel continues to excel and make me look smart in that regard. The third-year pro has allowed just two pressures on 86 pass protection reps. Jawan James has just four pressures in that regard. Tunzel is the 19th best run-blocking tight tackle in the NFL, and Jawan James is the 40th best, according to Pro Football Focus. Jesse Davis and Ted Larson, not as good. Although the combination has allowed just seven pressures, which is decent, they are not doing it in the running game 48th and 56th, respectively. Dan Kilgore has allowed just one one pressure in pass protection this year on those 86 reps, but he ranks 29th on the ground game. Like we talked about all summer long, this group can pass protect, but they're not going to do a whole lot in the running game, which is why Miami is finding all these new ways to create yardage on the ground, whether it's with the pop pass, the shovel pass, the misdirection, all the fun stuff we have seen. But the biggest impact from all of this is Ryan Tannehill and his numbers. Fourth highest rated passer in the NFL at 121.8. He's fifth in completion percentage at 73%. Fourth in yards per attempt at 9.28. Third in touchdown percentage at 9.5. And tied for third in both fourth quarter comebacks and game winning drives. He has won each of those. He has now played 16 games under Adam Gase. And in that full season, he is fourth in yards per attempt 
seventh in passer rating and third in completion percentage. He is 11 and five in those 16 starts. The running backs did not have a good day. Frank Gore and Kenyon Drake now rank 49th and 54th in PFS elusive rating for running backs. That is not getting it done. Wide receivers, Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant, we talked about it, are both one and two on yards per route ran this year. And Kenny Stills is 22nd in that department and he is seventh in the league in yards gained on passes that travel 20 yards or more down the field. Flipping it over to the defensive side of the football, I talked about the heavy snap counts. Miami's defense was on the field for 76 reps compared to the offense's 44. Not a good number. The defensive line took its lumps. Cam Wake, 39 snaps. Robert Quinn, 54. Charles Harris, 34. Andre Branch, just 17 when he came out with an injury. William Hayes had nine because he came out with an injury as well. But Devon Godshaw, 51. Jordan Phillips, 46. Vincent Taylor, 43. That's a lot of work for those big guys playing inside there. And Jesse Davis got himself a snap at defensive tackle because of the light nature of the defensive line there. Kiko Alonso played all 76. Raekwon McMillan had 61. Jerome Baker, 46. And Stephon Anthony got on the field for three on Sunday as well. Cornerback Xavier Howard played 74. McCain played 72. Minka Fitzpatrick, 74. And then Torrey McTire, 35. And TJ McDonald played all 76 snaps. So a very heavy workload. Hope those guys get plenty of water and massages this week to get those muscles loosened up for Sunday's crucial, crucial game against the New England Patriots. And speaking of that game, Xavier Howard and what he can do, it all kind of started last year in that Patriots game as he now has seven interceptions in his last eight games. His three picks are tied for the league lead this season. He is allowing a 32.3 passer rating when being targeted in the passing game. That is third best among all cornerbacks in the NFL. Superstar potential coming to the surface for Xavier Howard. Bobby McCain had a really rough day. Six of seven balls targeted at him were completed for 119 yards. And Minka Fitzpatrick had a bad day. We talked about it on the podcast. He missed three tackles in this game. Very rare for Minka Fitzpatrick. Kiko Alonso had a tough time in coverage. All seven of his targeted passes were completed for 76 yards. Jerome Baker, the linebacker, was actually the fourth highest graded Dolphin defender in the game. And Raekwon McMillan didn't get targeted in the passing game and also didn't miss any tackles. So good notes from him there. Going up front to the defensive line, Vincent Taylor had a huge game with four run stops as well as his first sack of the season. He is now tied for 11th with six run stops on the season, and his 15.8 run stop percentage ranks fourth among all defensive linemen in the NFL with at least 20 reps. Devon Godshaw took home the best grade on the Dolphins' interior defensive line. He had two more run stops and three tackles in the game. His seven run stops this season are tied for sixth best among all interior defensive linemen in the NFL. Cam Wake had five pressures, including his first sack of the season. Charles Harris had two pressures, and Robert Quinn had just one. TJ McDonald, the safety, had his best coverage game of the season, allowing for just two of five passes to be completed on him for 15 yards. He also had three tackles and a run stop in the game. And we have one more segment for you guys to finish up the podcast here, talking about potential individual awards for your Miami Dolphins. We'll do that next on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Lockdown Fins. The sun is shining on this beautiful autumn day as the Dolphins are 3-0 atop the AFC East, a two-game lead in the division on this Tuesday, September 25th podcast as we roll into the third and final segment for the podcast. And up first is a note from Peter King of Pro Football Talk listing his top five MVP candidates. And on that list, lo and behold, Miami Dolphins quarterback Ryan Tannehill, who is 9-1 in his last 10 starts, although that should be noted he's 10-1 in his last 11 starts. The win over Oakland was his 80th career start. He is now 40-40 and 40 
But as King writes, he's more efficient than a 500 quarterback should be, at least lately. The faith Miami showed in Tannehill after he missed the team's previous 19 games heading into this year is paying off. So Peter King is buying in to what Ryan Tannehill is doing behind Patrick Mahomes, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Khalil Mack, and Drew Brees on that MVP list. And if we're talking about offensive MVPs or league MVPs, Xavier Howard sure as hell should be atop the Defensive Player of the Year award list. He is blanking receivers so far intercepting the football, making big, big plays that have been changing the game. So check out those guys for potential season awards and definitely Ryan Tannehill as a potential comeback player of the year in 2018 as he is really outdueling Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, J.J. Watt, I suppose, if you want to go on the defensive side of the football. He's taking care of all those guys and playing better ball than all of this loaded class of potential comeback players of the year. And let's close this podcast out by talking about, I suppose, the buzz that has taken the nation by storm in terms of NFL rule changes and the new direction of the NFL. Last year, it was the catch rule. This year, it is the weight on the quarterback thing. And the Dolphins' injury to William Hayes is being attributed to that particular rule. Here's what Coach Adam Gaze had to say say regarding William Hayes' injury. William Hayes will be out for the season. He tore his ACL on uh, on that sack. He was trying to not put body weight on the quarterback, so... His foot got caught in the ground. Just tell me what happened. So Adam Gaze isn't going to be too abrupt about it or anything really other than discreet, but this rule is getting kind of out of hand, and you really notice it on the Clay Matthews penalties where I don't know what the hell he's supposed to do. And William Hayes can attribute the fact that he got hurt to this rule or whatever. Nonetheless, the rule just kind of stinks because you really have this strike zone for quarterbacks, and you can't go low, you can't go high. Now you can't kind of try to dump them. When I was coming up playing football, I'm talking about peewee football in the late 90s, early 2000s, they wanted you to wrap and drive through. That was the form tackle to sack a quarterback or to get anybody in general on the ground. So you're basically asking these guys that have learned the game a certain way for 25 years, 30 years, whatever it might be, to change the way they play, to change the spirit of the game. And like Matthews, he understands the spirit of the rule. And I certainly do too. I understand that if a quarterback gets hurt, no one should know better than Dolphins fans what it's like to lose your quarterback. We saw Jimmy Garoppolo injured for the season on Sunday. And think about how that fan base feels going into Sunday's game. They probably don't even care about their games anymore because they're irrelevant. You lose your quarterback, you're irrelevant. And I heard a good comment today about this on some podcast. I can't remember which podcast it was. But talking about how there's no injury that you feel bad for a team unless it's the quarterback because everybody has injuries and you have to find a way to rally around those injuries and replace those guys with next man up. But the quarterback is different. So I understand the league's perspective from that point of view where if a team loses their quarterback, it's all over. We can't have that happen. But I don't think this is the way you protect them because all these quarterback injuries that happen are from guys leaving the pocket, getting themselves out and being vulnerable like Carson Wentz or even Jimmy Garoppolo yesterday or on Sunday, I should say, when he tried to juke back inside, the knee went out on him. Ryan Tannehill's second injury came, or I guess it's the same injury, but the second one in 2017 came when he ran and fleed the pocket. 
This is not how you legislate this. This is not how you protect the quarterbacks. They have to be able to get hit. That's football. And it's almost better, and Clay Matthews mentioned it, that when they give themselves up, that's kind of what happens with the body weight. It comes down on top of them, and it's the best way for these guys to mitigate injuries because if they're going to try to move and change in a certain direction, the knee can get caught, the foot can get caught, or even a concussion, whatever that might be if they go too high. But if they just kind of take the sack and fall into it, that's the best way for them to protect themselves. So the NFL... They've got a really big issue on their hands here, and I hope they get it fixed because I love this game too much to see it get ruined by a stupid rule like this one. All right, guys, that is my time. Be sure to check out LockedOnDolphins.com for all the written version of the stats and film analysis. We have the GIF dump up on Twitter for you guys later on today, Ryan Tannehill's passing chart, and all the stuff you've come to learn and love from LockedOnDolphins.com. But as for the podcast, that is my time today. You guys, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter, at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fin to keep up to date on our Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for a crossover edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Yeah.